glad you've joined us for this episode of Anabaptist Perspectives. I'm here in State College, Pennsylvania with Philip Martin. Um, Philip, you're a PhD candidate at the University of Pennsylvania um, in plant pathology and environmental microbiology. Do I have that right? Yes, uh, I have to correct you though. It's the Pennsylvania State University. What did uh, I say? The University of Pennsylvania is an Ivy League school in Philadelphia. So you're not at the Ivy League I'm school. not at the Ivy okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm at Penn State or, or the Pennsylvania State University. Okay, thank you for correcting me. It's a common mistake. Okay, well very good. Thanks, thanks for being willing to do this. Um, I find this very intriguing. Um, so you're currently studying this. First of all, can you define your course of study? Um, and then secondly, uh, tell us about your path to this level of education, you know, a PhD in studying plants. I mean, somebody doesn't just decide that on a whim. So can you just walk us through a little bit of that journey? Sure, sure. So I, I study plant pathology here at Penn State University, plant pathology, plant disease. And my research is focused on disease of apples, so rots of apples. Uh, uh, but as far as how I, how I got here, I grew up, I was born and raised on a, on a farm. Uh, we had somewhat diversified hogs, some heifers, chickens, field crops, garden, small orchard, and so on. And a, as a child, I, I loved the farming part, I, but I, I enjoyed the plants more than the animals. And that, that continued. I, I worked for neighboring farms. Uh, I worked in construction. Uh, but I, I was, I was, there was always this interest in, in plants and, and the plants and the soils. Uh, and it was especially when I was working in construction, it was kind of a day labor, it, you know, it was, it was good and all, but I, I would, you know, it would be like early afternoon and I'd be looking forward to, you know, time whenever, when I could go home and read or do something else. So it wasn't very satisfying. Uh, so as a as a, a conservative old order Mennonite, university education is not is not a popular track. It's not it's not the default by no means. So I tried I tried just teaching myself. I, I read a lot of books, and it, it went fairly well. But there was there was kind of a key point. I had, I was reading a book on soil science, and it had this chemical equation. And I and I and I didn't I didn't understand it, but I thought, oh, you know, okay. There's a, I read things I don't understand. I'll just keep going. But I, and I kept reading, but the the whole rest of the chapter kept referring back to the chemical equation, and I understood that unless unless I uh, understand the chemical equation, I'm not going to get the the rest of the of what they were trying to say. And then I bought a chemistry book, which again I, I learned I knew some I could understand some of it, but. I, I kind of hit a wall there as well, and I, I, that was kind of the point where I knew that either I'm not going to learn it or I'm going to have to find a teacher that can teach me this. And that's when I started looking at university. And then it was actually through a connection. It was a, a salesman of a company that, that would come out to the farm. I was mentioned this to him, my interest, and in how I'm not sure how I can work it out, and he recommended I go to a community college. I can live at home, commute into the college. It, it, it's cheap comparatively cheap, uh, affordable, they have decently good education, uh, there's not a lot of restrictions, uh, you can kind of pick your classes and and, uh, and, that, and that's what I did. I, I kind of went in and started taking classes and, and, and loved it and did well. And then through a series of events I, I got a, a f offered a full tuition scholarship at Bucknell University. Wow. 
which is not, it's not an agricultural university. It's, it's, a, it's a liberal arts college, just sort of general science. But with free tuition, I, I, can't, I can't be too picky. And they still offer a lot of the basic science, a lot of the, the sound basic science that, that feeds into what I had interest in, which is, is the plants and soils and, and with an, sort of an applied perspective. And the nice thing about Bucknell is that it's right beside or just down the road from uh, an Ord Order Mennonite community in, in uh, Lewisburg, Pennsylvania. So I was able to live within my community and commute to, to Bucknell. Mm -hmm. The same way when I was going to Harrisburg Area Community College, I was able to live at home and commute into the mm -hmm. community college. And then from there, you would have, I guess, switched into the graduate level here at at this yes, yeah, and that was, you know, after, after a bachelor's degree, I was considering do I go into the, do, do I get a job or do I continue my education? But the, the education at Bucknell was really good, but it was more basic. It was, you know, how, does, how do cells replicate, how, you know, the molecular machinery, the chemistry, all that. But that's still a bit of a gap from what does a farmer do when their plants aren't growing well. There, there's a big applied gap there. Uh, so yeah, I, I looked around at, at what graduate schools had to offer and, and I, I liked Penn State's mm -hmm. and I decided on plant pathology um, partly because they have some good research there and partly because it's more of a, of a sellable skill, I guess you could say. And mm -hmm. I want to work in applied agriculture and in general, farmers don't so much care how a plant works if it's, if it's working. It's when it's when it's not growing well that they that they need help, and that's that's why that's that's a big reason why I decided on plant pathology because it's a it's a valuable skill. This raises an interesting question that for me, like you as a as a conservative Anabaptist, that um, especially in some circles, higher education is just not something that we do a lot of. Um, so what can you walk in with some of that journey as you know with with your beliefs and and how that, but then at the same time getting a PhD. Um, have you found that to be really challenging, or do you feel that it really fits well with with your worldview and your culture? Uh, I take that as two questions: the worldview and the and the culture. Sure. Uh, the, the the culture it is it is viewed with suspicion. Higher education is viewed with suspicion for good reasons, for for very good reasons. Mm -hmm. There's several things that helped me. One, I was a bit older when I went to college. I was in my upper twenties when I first went, and before I, I went to community college. Uh, my mom was kind of concerned that this would cause trouble with the church, and so I went and visited the deacon. And he, you know, he, he was cautious, but he, he said he thinks, he thinks it, it should be okay. And uh, a big thing that made it acceptable to my community was that I lived at home. So, so I, wasn't, I wasn't so much going to college as I was living at home and taking classes at college. Okay. And, and again, for good reason, a lot of the suspicion of higher education is built around the social life on college campuses. And, and I wasn't part of that. I lived at home. I went to college, took classes. And that was at home with community college. And then at, at Bucknell, uh, again, sort of an amazing sequence of events. But I got to live with the, the preacher of that community. And, and he let me board in his house while I commuted to... Bucknell University, and so it was. Uh, it actually, it actually has worked out very well mm -hmm. for me. Well, it's sounding like this isn't something you just decided to do on your own. It, it sounds like you have a good support group. You mentioned your church, your family, these other people that were around you. It wasn't like you were an island while you were doing this. 
you're correct. I wasn't an island. I wasn't an island, but I still had to figure it out myself because mm -hmm. I couldn't just go to my, my dad or my uncle and say, hey, how was it when you went to college? Because they hadn't done that. Uh -huh. So sure. it was supportive in, in, in kind of a, a broad sense, supportive of me as a person. Mm -hmm. But the specific going to college journey, um, you know, they, they, were, they, were, they were mostly neutral, kind of, kind of, if this is what you want to do, sure, you know, you know, they weren't encouraging me to go that way, they weren't discouraging me. Mm -hmm. So in the course of your studies, tell me about a few cases where you've seen God's hand at work in what you're studying and, and ways that you've seen the beauty of God's creation specifically through these courses that you're taking. I have to say, it almost seems like, like there had to be a bit of a hand of God in, in just the way it has been accepted by my community and the way it did work out for me to, to go to college and, and, and you know, the events surrounding that. Uh, but as far as there, there were no, there were no, you know, quote unquote miraculous events or, or you know, sort of knock you off your feet moments. But there is, there is a lot of of uh, uh, moments where I, I sort of I stand in awe of nature in an appreciation of, of the beauty of, of nature and it's it's very similar to the experience you might have if you if you stand at a mountaintop and look out over a, a beautiful scene or you're, you're at a waterfall or a sunset or something like that there, there's kind of a feeling of awe and I get that I get that same feeling of awe when I when I study the details of how plants live and all the amazing parts and how the how they work together and and so on and so that's that's a uh, yeah I, I i can i can i can sort of appreciate the beauty of of nature and and and, and of course the creator of nature in that in that manner mm, that's really neat and it and you know it kind of shows in a way these things are about perspective because someone else who may have 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 gotten the same degree as you might approach it from an atheistic point of view and not see that you know, yes. um, yeah, your perspective, is, it sounds like it's, it's really helping to ground you. Yes, yes. And, and I think as you see the, the small things, you'll, you'll tend to see the, the, the bigger things the same way or, or the details. So if you, like the Bible says, even Solomon was not dressed as the lily, you know. But, and so if, if, you, if you can look at a lily and you can appreciate the beauty of the lily and appreciate the Creator, then learning about the details of the lily and and how it grows and how the cells divide and, and all the details will just sort of magnify that appreciation. But if yeah. at the very beginning you don't even, you don't even appreciate the beauty, you don't even, you don't even feel thankful to God for, for that opportunity to, 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 to experience that, then I don't think learning more detail will, will really get you anywhere. Yeah, I, I like how you're saying that. That, that makes a lot of sense. I, the approach, the way you approach the world around you is really, really important. Yes. Yeah. Well, okay, so that, that leads very nicely into the next question then because a lot of the concerns with, with higher education, and like you mentioned, these are well-founded, is a fear of perhaps being drawn more towards naturalism or towards you know, uh, a view of the world that does not include God in that picture. What would you t say to someone who, who may be considering higher education but is, you know, has some worries about those things? Sure. And, and I, uh, I will narrow it down to specifically uh, studying the biological sciences. With that, I would say imagine, imagine that you're inside a building and someone, someone says to you that there's a beautiful sunset outside, you know, come out and, and take a look. And you stay inside and you say, 
you know what, I'm not going to take a look at that, at that sunset because I'm afraid that it will lead me to naturalism or unbelief. I hope, mm -hmm. I hope that sounds very kind of ridiculous. And, and I would say all this, you know, the entire study of nature and of the biological sciences is, is, that, is that way. In and of itself, it, 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 it shouldn't draw you away from God. It should just give you a greater appreciation. But the, the question is, is a very good one. I've I've had I had to sort of wrestle through that myself, so I could mm. tell you a bit about that. If yeah, please do. Like, it's got to be challenging because I'm guessing a lot of your professors are not exactly in alignment with your with your beliefs. You, you know, yeah. that, that's got to be a struggle. You know, right? As far as the professors, <clears throat> a lot of them, or I should say, the teaching that I get, it's very compartmentalized. So in, in plant class, I learn about plants. I don't learn about broader worldviews or anything. It, it's, it's just a, a specific thing. But yes, um, as far as the fear that the study of, of nature and of creation could, could lead you to a naturalistic worldview or to unbelief, for me personally, that was kind of something I had to, I had to work through or that I worked through before I even went to college. For me, uh, sort of my experience with that, uh, as a child I was taught, I was raised in a Christian home, taught that God is the creator of heaven and earth, and, and you know, I kind of just accepted that without question. And then, probably in my teens, I came across this, the more atheistic philosophies that, that there is no God and there's, there's no, no need to imagine a God to explain the things that need to be explained. And uh, there's also the idea that intelligent thinking people would not believe such superstitions as, as religion and, and so on. And, and this, uh, I, I never, I, I didn't completely, I wasn't sure quite how to respond to that. It wasn't that I didn't believe in God, but I, I wasn't quite sure why I believed in God or, or, or how, to, how to respond to that charge. And it was during that time that I read some literature from what is, what is known as creation science, mm. uh, you know, using science to, to back up a, usually a literal trans, uh, interpretation of, of creation. And after I read it, there was, there was sort of a, a, a brief period of time when I felt better. But it, it didn't last long at all. And it actually got worse. And what caused me some anxiety was one of the arguments that I had read was about the fossil record and how there's, there's you know, quote-unquote gaps in the fossil record and how, therefore, the long-term evolutionary worldview couldn't be true. And, and my anxiety was, what if, what if as, I, as I walk around these, these fields and forests in Pennsylvania, what if I, if I pick up a rock or I crack open a rock and inside that rock I find a missing fossil? Now what am I going to do? Am I gonna? Am I gonna? Am I gonna deny God? Am I gonna quick smash the fossil? Am I gonna pretend it never happened? You know, or maybe I should never even look for fear that that it would lead me away from God. It's like your faith is kind of hanging by this little thread, perhaps. And, and but that it was it was it wasn't a long period of time. But when I when I sort of stepped back and thought about that, I I, I saw that this is this is um, this is rather ridiculous to be to be building an entire belief on God on, on the simple basis of whether or not you find a fossil in a rock. That is, that is just not a good basis from which to, to build an entire view of, of God or not. During that time, I, I read some more 
you know, quote unquote creation science literature, but it, it didn't really help because while they, they did present evidence, there was always an alternative explanation. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't watertight. Like, like they had evidence, but not, not proof in, in, in the real sense. And kind of uh, perhaps unusually, what, what sort of settled the question for me is I actually started reading some atheist literature. Mm. And I saw that, that they also have some evidence, but they are far from proof. Like, like there's also a lot of holes in their, in their argument as well. And so it came down to, um, it, it, I, I basically I saw that it comes down to faith. You know, there, there's evidence different ways. You can interpret evidence different ways, but there's, there's not absolute proof for or against God. Uh, but, you know, there is evidence, and, and based on that evidence, we can have, we can have faith that there is a God. Mm-hmm. So it's not like our faith is just completely blind, flying in the face of everything we can see around us, no, but, but there's, no. it is still faith, Yes. you yes, know. Yes, yes, but yes. yet the other side, naturalism, <laughs> requires an element of faith as well, you know. It, it does, it does. Mm-hmm. And, you know, since this, this sort of, when I sort of wrestled through this was before I went to university. So in university, this, this wasn't a question for me. It, it, didn't, it didn't shake me. I had already, you know, I had already read, <laughs> I had already read the atheist literature. So there was nothing, there was really nothing else that I, that I came up to that I hadn't already, that I hadn't already faced. See, now, I think that's really important because, because I think what happens a lot of times, or at least, you know, we've all heard of cases where we had, you know, we knew someone who went into college and then got really blindsided by these philosophies that were very anti-God and they weren't ready. They hadn't wrestled through those things first and then they really floundered. And clearly that wasn't the case for you. You had wrestled through these things. You had already thought about them and come out of the other side and, and were stable yeah. in, in what you believed. I think that's a really critical difference. Yeah, I, I agree. Mm-hmm. And and since that time, I've I've spent a bit of time thinking about, you know, thinking about what I what I went through, what my decision, and sort of why is it, uh, why is it that people have this fear of studying God's creation will lead them away from God, you know, and I, and why you know I I've come like I've like I told you I think it's 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 about the scale of, of deciding not to look at sunsets because it might it might do the same thing. So anyway, in, in, over the last few years, I've, I have some ideas over sort of how we got here. So I think part of it is, is reactionary. If you, if you think of, of the atheist philosophers and, and scientists, their argument was basically that we have, we have evidence from nature that there almost certainly is no God. And, and, and the response from, from Christians has, has generally been, well, no, we have evidence from nature that there almost definitely is a God. I, I agree, there is evidence from nature. You know, uh, Psalms talks about, the, the, talks about that. But if you, if you just take that, that question and, and turn it just a little bit, and you say, and, and, you, and you understand, or, or, you, or you, you think of it that, the, the unbelievers came and said, we have developed a test for God, and God failed our test, and therefore we don't think he exists. And then the Christian response is, oh, you did the wrong test. We can do a better test for God, and we can show that God does exist. And you get into this thing of testing God. Um, uh, the Bible talks about this, 
The, the King James generally talks about it as tempting. If it first comes up during the Exodus when the Israelites uh, tempted God at, at uh, Massa, I think. And they, they, uh, uh, the King James says tempt. A lot of other translations like the NIV, ESV, and, and uh, others say tempt. Uh, or test, they say test or tempt, but it's, it's getting at the same thing. Well, there's a few things. One, think about it, think about it this way. You could say that, or you, you could have faith in God, and you have faith that God knows whether a test is a good test or not. Or you could switch that, and you can say, I have faith in a test, that this test will tell me whether or not God exists. Oh, wow. Yeah. And these, these are two very, very different things. And, and I think, I think what, the, what the atheists came at the Christians with was that we have a test for God, and it shows that there is none, which was untrue. You know, there, is, there is a God, but there was two untruths. There were two lies in that. And the response has often been to accept the one lie in resisting the other. So the lie that there is no God is resisted, correctly so. But then the lie that we can that we that it is a good idea to test God is accepted, and we start putting faith in our tests for God. And then and then there's some some of those those tests are often built on nature. So so if you're looking at at nature for for a test for God, um, the the question is not the question is not will this lead you to unbelief. If you're at that point, to some extent, you already are in unbelief, because already you have you have put more faith in a test than you have in God. Yeah, yeah, I see that. That makes a lot of sense. I've never I've never thought about it quite that way, but I've always been like something about this just doesn't feel right. You know, you are putting an enormous amount of faith in a test, and there is that that is where that is where the uh, the Christian worldview and the the scientific worldview does diverge. Those they are not the same. And it's, it's not often spoken about. Even, even in my science classes, there's, there's things that are just assumed. They're not, they're not defended or explained or, or questioned. Uh, but one of them is, 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 in science, science is all about doing experiments and devising tests to, to learn things about, about nature. And, and I think it's good. I, th I think as, as humans, we, we are to have dominion over nature. We, 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 can, we can test. It is, it's a good thing. But... You know, as far as God, we are we are not to test God, and it it can be it can be a bit unsettling, perhaps, if if your if your faith in God was built on a certain test in nature, and it wow. it, it comes back to it, it sort of leads to the question of apologetics, and you know, why do we believe there is a God, and that's that's a whole conversation in itself. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah. Anyway, I could, I could go there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's really interesting though, and I think that's a very important perspective to be coming from when we look at things like higher education, um, going into that with the correct mindsets. Yeah, this this is really good. I, you've clearly spent a lot of time thinking this through. It's not like oh, I'm just going to go do this. Um, you sound like you were pretty settled before you did. And, and just the fact that I was older, I was, I was closer to 28, I think, 27 or 28, which I was, I was a much more stable person at 28 than I was at 18. <laughs> yes, we all were. <laughs> that, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Hmm. That's all the questions I had on this list, but is there anything else you would like to add? Or I've been pondering the example in Job where 
you know, there's the argument between Job and his friends about, about the, the condition he's in. And uh, Job says a lot of, a lot of good things. Uh, in, in, I think it's Job 12 where he, where he's, he talks about the, the animals and, and the, the birds of the air and, and the earth and the fish in the sea. And they will, all, uh, they, they will teach and declare to you uh, that, the, that the hand of God has made this. Which, which is, I think, is, is true. I think it's, it's a very good argument. And, and he says many, many other things. But what kind of has struck me is after Job and his friends have this dialogue, God speaks up. And God starts out with, uh, you know, who is this that, that, that darkens my counsel by words without knowledge? And he says, you know, brace yourself. Or in King James language, you know, gird up your loins and, and, and answer. I, I, will, I will ask you and you, you will answer. And then he says, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Uh, declare if you have understanding. Who, who laid out the measure? Who has stretched the line on it? Uh, you know, who, and he continues on that. And then when Job, when Job answers, he says, I have uttered what I did not understand, things things too wonderful for me that I, that I didn't know. And uh, he said, I, you know, I abhor myself, I repent in dust and ashes. And it's, I think it's interesting to what he didn't say. First of all, when God spoke up, he didn't tell Job that, hey, you, you got this right. You know, you, you got, you know, he, he's pointing out that there's still a lot of things missing. And, he, and God uses examples from creation about uh, when the foundations of the earth were laid. And he goes on into great detail, of, you know, lots of quite fascinating things. But then when Job responds, he doesn't say, oh, God, okay, I, I get that. Thanks for, thanks for informing me. And now I have a better argument to tell my neighbor, for, to tell my friends. You know, he, he didn't. He said, you know, I, I understand I have, I've spoken of things too wonderful for me to hear or for, for me to say. And I think there's, there's a, a lesson there. We, we have to be careful. We have, we, we have to remember sort of who we are and who God is. And we shouldn't assume that we can figure out everything that, that God did, or, or exactly how he went about to, to make creation. It, it's totally fine to think about the different ways that, that might happen, but we can, yeah, we can, uh, we, we can end up creating, creating tests for God, and sort of, you know, God must have done it exactly this or that way, and then if we're not, if we don't approach uh, really life, but if we don't approach our, you know, in the case of science, if we don't approach science with kind of an humble attitude, and the fact, you know, knowing that, hey, we don't, we don't know what all is out there. Then if we find unexpected things, well, we're, we're prepared for that. We, you know, we, we went in expecting not to have it all figured out. And so we're not shaken when, when we get unexpected results. We, we don't, you know, there's a lot of things we don't know. This is, this is normal. Yeah, that's important to keep in mind. I really appreciate you sharing that. about Anabaptist perspectives, to read our blog, to donate, and to see videos of the conversations you hear on this podcast, visit anabaptistperspectives.org. We'd love to hear from our audience, so leave your feedback in the comments for this podcast, or send us a message through our Facebook page. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Anabaptist Perspectives.
Thank you for listening to Anabaptist Perspectives. Your listening and sharing this with friends helps more people find our episodes. A special thanks to all of you who support Anabaptist Perspectives financially. We are here because of you. If you haven't had the chance to give yet this year, would you consider making a year-end donation? You can donate on our website or by check. Thank you so much for listening and supporting Anabaptist Perspectives. Thank you for joining us for this episode. We invite you to join our monthly partner program. Monthly partners are key to the financial sustainability of Anabaptist Perspectives. Partners also gain access to bonus content, including our exclusive podcast where we respond to audience questions and comments. Sign up at anabaptistperspectives.org.